Welcome to the Amazing Grace Talk podcast, conversations that explore how God has pursued those he has made in his image. My wife and host, Erica C. Meyer Williamson, is on a journey to meet everyday people who have experienced a radical encounter with the divine presence of unconditional love. These are the stories that remind us why God's grace is amazing. Welcome, everyone, to my very first podcast. My name is Erica Seymour Williamson, and I'm here with my dear friend Robin, who has just been so sweet to come by here and help me tell my story, just so you know a little bit more about who I am and where I'm coming from and how God's led my life. So welcome, Robin. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, it is my privilege to be here and to be able to actually interview you today. I have been blessed to know you for 15 years, and I am so excited for your listeners to hear how you have been touched by God, led by God, directed by God. And I want to hear, especially, when was the first time you heard from God? That's a good question. That's a bam. Yes. <laughs> Let's get started. Uh, I was working in a salon in Arlington, and when I was hired there, it was the owner told me that it was a Christian salon. I thought that was really neat. I believed in God already. I I didn't really go to church growing up other than holidays, but I I liked it, and it felt good, and I, I think I wanted more of that life of the people that I'd seen in my life that were Christians. I saw something in them that I wanted. So working at that salon every month we had a monthly meeting and it was every you know we would start out by saying does anybody have anything to pray for and so we kind of went around the room and people would you know say what they needed prayer for and it came to my turn well a little backstory on that is that I was actually going through a divorce of an alcoholic husband who I had been with uh, to be honest far too long um, I was trapped in codependency and didn't really understand what that meant. I didn't understand that staying with someone that, you know, hurt you, damaged you. I, I just didn't understand the impact, and I didn't know how to leave. I just felt such a burden. And so I was going through this process of divorce, and that's about the time when, even though I knew I should leave, I didn't know how. I didn't know how to leave that burden behind, of feeling like I was the only one who could help him, the only one who would love him the way that I loved him. Years later, I realized I never meant to be self-righteous at all. I just didn't know any different. I didn't know that, you know, he could find his own uh, joy, happiness, if he would just surrender to God and allow him to be his Savior, not me. And it took me years to learn that. But when it came back my turn for the prayer, as I said, you know, they asked me, what, what would you like to be prayed for? And I just looked at everybody and I said, it's just, and that's the only words I could get out um, as I started to cry. And it's, it's so funny because it's been years. I'm healed from it. I'm for, you know, all of that. But it's, it, I, you can still always remember the pain. So I came back, or the emotion that was attached to it. So I walked all the way down the end of the salon in the break room, came all the way back, and I just looked at everybody with 
you know, the confidence, I thought, okay, I can say it now. And I said, it's just, and I couldn't say it again. I left again, came back and said, finally, I was just took a deep breath. And I said, it's just, no one's ever going to love him like I do. You know, the burden of him being in his illness and addiction and sickness, the way he, that, that codependency relationship is with an alcoholic, it, it makes you feel that way, that you're their savior. And, and they make you their savior. That's the way they hook you in to, you know, that's how I probably stayed that long. So right about that time, you know, everybody got around me. And again, this was sort of new to me, but I'm telling you, I was very comforted by it all. All of the girls at the salon, we all got in a circle. There was uh, a lady there named Lucia. She laid her hands on my head. Everybody was around, like I said, in the circle, and she just started praying over me, probably speaking in tongues. That was new to me, but even though that was different, it was, again, so comforting that I just opened up and let it flow. When that prayer was over, the burden of that feeling that I had for 12 years, I dated for six, this was my high school boyfriend, dated for six and married for six, all that time of that burden was lifted in that single prayer. And I believe that at that point is when I really started seeking and going to church and really changing my life over was at that point. You had mentioned someone was speaking in tongues. Mm -hmm. Just for the listeners, you know, a lot of people don't know what that's all about. Mm -hmm. Are you able to tell me or describe to me what that is or what it is defined as? Well, it's basically just a prayer language, and there are many parts, uh, many places in the Bible that you can, you know, now we can Google these things and look them up to really tell you more details about it, but um, it's really a prayer language. So she was basically allowing the Holy Spirit to come through her to release me of that burden. Okay. And so... And you really felt it. I, well, it was lifted. I mean, it, it was literally like I felt all the burden and heaviness in the world on my shoulders to when that prayer was over, I didn't feel guilty. I didn't feel sad that I was leaving him because I knew at that point it wasn't my burden anymore. We had released that, and now it was in God's hands, not mine, which is where it should have been all along. I just didn't know any better. I mean, Oh, my gosh, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, that's something that I definitely want listeners to know that think prayer is powerful and God does listen to our prayers for sure. Well, I know that you and I have talked a lot about forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And I actually have friends who um, feel they have a strong faith, um, call themselves Christians. Mm-hmm. But then there are people in their life who have done things to them. That they cannot forgive. Right. And they're okay with that. What is your thought on that? How important is forgiveness? If you don't have forgiveness, you're just walking around with a burden. Say someone's done something to you, and of course it could be horrible. I have plenty of my own stories. It can be the most horrible thing in the world. But if you don't forgive, forgiveness doesn't okay. It doesn't approve or say it was okay what the person did, but it releases you from the burden. Is there a time you realize you hadn't forgiven someone? 
So when I left, my daughter's dad, uh, she was only one year old. She was just one. I, we, I was a single mom for 16 years. That's, I, it. That's amazing. That's a long time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's a long time. And, you know, it, I didn't know at the time that it was because of unforgiveness. I wouldn't have known because even though I had been uh, going to a church, I had been going to Fellowship Church in downtown Dallas, um, loved the church. I grew so much from this church. Ed Young's the pastor there. I, I thought it was, you know, my daughter was in on Wednesday nights. We were at church on Wednesday night. We were there Sunday. We volunteered. We served. Okay, wait a minute. How did you know to do all these things? From Lucia, or did you just start teaching yourself, or how did you become so wise to know to do these things? <laughs> um, Cause I wanted to do it for my daughter. I mean... I knew it was good for me, but to raise her in an environment that she would have an opportunity to always be able to have that community to lean on people, I really just think it was God put it in me. I do, because from the time she was born, I left when she was one, and then really we went to church here and there until she was about in third, fourth grade. Like we would, we were going different places, and I just knew, I don't know, it was like a lifeline. It's like that get to church. That's where you're going to have your, find your comfort and some direction to help raise your children because she didn't really have that with her father. So it wasn't until she was in about fifth grade is when um, Fellowship and Grapevine had a satellite church in downtown Dallas. And we lived in downtown Dallas, found the church and we literally became, and we just, we went, he would preach in a way to me. I mean, I would say I was still, even though I believed a long time, I still, I would call myself a baby Christian. I was listening to the sermons. I was, you know, volunteering, doing all these things. But along the way, I was, I remember being, you know, different sermons, being tapped on the shoulder, like convicted, like, hey, hey, <laughs> there's something that you're not supposed to be doing that you need to give, turn that over to God. And just through that process, you know, I really felt like I was growing a lot and had, and really even he had done a whole series on forgiveness. And I really, here's the thing. It's so important. People think that they understand forgiveness, but so many times they don't at all because it had been all those years. And I know for a fact now that I was single all those years because of unforgiveness there's a program called The Road Adventure. It's up in Richardson. One of my best girlfriends had gone, and she said, now listen, you're going. You just pick a date, and you're going. <laughs> so I, I picked a date, and I, I went. And this was after I'd been going to church for, I don't know, eight years or something, you know, thought I was rocking along, doing fine, doing okay. Well, wait a minute. Yeah. So, is, so what is this, a camp? You go away somewhere, or is it a workshop? Or? It's it's kind of like a workshop, but you it's three different weekends. Um, they do have other workshops, if that's what you want to call it, but it's uh, part one, part two, and part three are the main parts, and I did go to all three of those. They're like 10 days apart. Okay. I went through all of those because you build such a camaraderie with the people in your group. The funny thing was, was I told my friend I would go, and after Friday night of going, I thought, well, gosh, I don't, I don't have those problems. I think I've got a lot to do on Saturday. Maybe I'll just not show up. And I thought, well, no, my friend, you know, so I committed right. to go. And I can tell you that, thank goodness that I did, because it was absolutely life-changing. 
So you can be going to church, and that's wonderful and great, but there was something about those three different weekends that probably put me 10 years ahead spiritually and personally. And oh I was able gosh. to be set free of that. Uh, well, of the burden that I had in the past of unforgiveness. While you were at the road adventure, was there a specific night or something that happened there that, or was it after you went through the whole series, then you realized? Well, I, I believe it was even on the first weekend. And so you have small groups and larger groups. And in a small group, there was, you know, sometimes the trainers will just, or directors, whichever, will ask you, you know, certain questions. And I, I still to this day can't remember that question, but whatever it was, we were having, I was having trouble opening up and I didn't, I didn't know how to open up. And then the director comes around and says, you have a wall built up so high, nobody's getting through. And to be honest, I couldn't imagine because I always thought I was an open book. And I thought, what are they talking about? I'm, I'm very open. Like, you know, put your arms on right. your, what do you mean? You, you know? are an open book. But I guess, yes. yeah, but I guess with that point, uh, I wasn't. So they taught us about forgiveness, how to forgive those people that hurt you. And when I walked out of that small group, someone came over to me and said, have you forgiven your ex-husband? And I said, well, I've already forgiven his parents. Oh. Didn't think anything about it at first. Probably 10 minutes went by and someone else came up to me and said, have you forgiven your ex-husband? I'm sure they were, thank goodness they saw that I had not. And I said, well, I said it again. And the second time I said it, I heard myself out loud. And I realized at that point, and I was, that was a shocker to me because I thought I'd forgiven him. I really did. And I said, I guess I, you know, realized I had not forgiven him for, you know, the, the painful things in the past. So driving home that night, I remember exactly where I was. And I thought, well, you know, what do I have to lose? I might as well try it. I was by myself in the car and driving on the highway. And I say I probably should have pulled over because I had tears in my eyes. But I was screaming out loud. As it, I didn't mean to scream, but I just was so hurt that I'm telling you, it was like the devil was coming out of my mouth. It was that much hurt, anger, sadness wrapped into one because it was just coming out. And I was mm. screaming, I forgive you for. And I really have forgiven, but I just get emotional at times. And sometimes I can tell the story and I'm not, I don't cry at all, but, you know, forgive you for abandoning our daughter. <laughs> forgive you for whatever. I just started naming all the things that were the most hurtful to me ever. And once I'd said that, it was finally different. I'd really surrendered forgiveness, you know, in that way and was able to then start restoring you know, that wasn't a burden to me anymore at that point. Um, I was able to move on from that point. Sorry. <laughs> no, don't apologize. That story, yes, it is very heavy. Yeah. And I appreciate you sharing it. I'm crying um, on the first show. <laughs> it makes me sit there and wonder, who have I not? Uh, yeah. It does when you hear that because I think I have forgiven everyone, but it was brought to your attention that you really hadn't. Well, and I think sometimes when you see the fruits in someone's life, I'm not saying it's a bad thing to be single, but I realize that's what was really keeping me from moving on to a healthy relationship because of the pain. 
and of me not forgiving. So I, I believe 100% in my heart and soul that if I had not have forgiven him, I wouldn't have been able to move on with my life and be in the relationship I am today. That is the one question I want to ask you okay. is how did you meet your prince? <laughs> because I know, because you've told me, um, but I would love your listeners to hear, especially single women out there. I'm actually single, divorced, mm-hmm. middle-aged, which I don't care what anyone says. It's harder to date the older <laughs> you are. I don't care. Even as foxy as you yes. are. See? Uh, yeah, I don't know about that. But <laughs> I do think it's difficult. And I think I would love for them to hear your story on how you met mm-hmm. and then what happened and the time period yeah. is amazing oh. as well <laughs> yes well i have to i have to back up and say that my husband now was my fifth grade boyfriend he he was my you know i i was a baseball princess for his ba- for his team and i mean all those things so are cute. funny and cute and and you know so, yeah, his name is Eric, and yes, it's Eric and Erica, and they are both spelled with a K. <laughs> People call us the E's, the two E's. <laughs> and then we've got my daughter, that's the three E's. Yes. So, um, but, you know, he and I, he, and we weren't, he really was my boyfriend. People go, your boyfriend in fifth grade? Well, we went together. Right. <laughs> you know, you go together, road bikes together, whatever. So, you know, I was, Erica Lane and I were living in South Dakota. We had moved up there a couple of years prior. Eric was going through a divorce, and he had never had a Facebook. You know, he just never had that something. Some people still don't have them, and he didn't have one, and he had he thought, hey, well, let me start looking around and finding friends and seeing, you know, whatever. What's going on in the world now that I'm going through a divorce? But he found me. He, he had called me, and I hadn't talked to him in like 22 years. I mean, we were friends and all that, but he was married and raised his boys, and, you know, all that was living the— you know, doing all doing all the daddy stuff and uh, and the, and the married things, but you know, he found me on Facebook and we talked for, gosh, like an hour and a half. I remember pulling over, thinking I could be driving home because I had a forty five minute drive, but it was right. just fun to talk to him. But I really wasn't thinking anything about it, you know. So when he first reached out to you, it wasn't like an instant connection. Like it was as a friendship. I was just okay. excited to talk to gotcha. him. Okay. But that's all as far as that went. And I, okay. I was actually had already the, the guy that I was dating, we were broken up, but you know how you break up and you kind of still sort of date. Right. <laughs> you really know you're not going to make that relationship work, but you're just kind of, so he asked me, was I still dating that person? Because it was on Facebook. And, and I remember I, I, we, I said, yes, that I was still dating him. You know, and I was so grateful for that moment because when we hung up, I, I said out loud, why did I just lie? <laughs> I was like, why did I say, you know, I was still dating him when I wasn't? Well, it I was grateful. Well, you kind of were. I kind of was, yeah. 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 Kind of was, but I think, but I found out the real reason later that I believe God allowed that to happen was because eight months later, he called me up again, and, you know, it takes about a year to get a divorce. I don't know. You know, go through all that process. So I was grateful that that time had passed because when he called me up, we were pretty much inseparable for, I know it sounds crazy, but oh. we were on the phone and texting every, like, every moment except for when we were working or sleeping. 
And I believe we were probably in, we were engaged in one week and married in three months in Cozumel. <laughs> Good Lord. And, and hey, typically, and you know what? I always remembered, you know, our pastor years ago saying, you need to go through all four seasons with. Right. And I do oh, believe. Oh, yeah. That, I've heard that. And I believe yes. that's a good thing and a good, you know, thing to believe in. However, sometimes you have a God encounter because he's the love of my life. Better than I could have hoped for, dreamed for, prayed for, times 10. I, I just oh, can't even gosh. imagine that, you know, and I'm so grateful that I released you know, and, and was able to forgive my ex-husband and forgive those things that hurt me so I could move on to this relationship. And, you know, yeah, so we were married that fast. And and then the funny part is that I think on the third day, he had said something like, well, when you come back, maybe we can go to the lake or something. And I said, well, I'm probably going to regret this later, but for now I'm going to say no. <laughs> and then I think like the next couple of days, is when he sent me a text and said, something, something, love you. And I right. and I said back to him, did you read what you just wrote? And he said, yes. I said, I love you. And I was thinking, thank goodness, because I already <laughs> knew he was the one, and I knew I loved him, oh and God. I knew I knew it. I, I, I knew it just like you. I've always loved old people. I never had my own grandparents. And old people will always tell you, you know. They're, How do you know? You know because they're the one. You, you just, you, there's no, well, ifs or buts. Like, there's no, well, I like him, but I don't like his friends, or I don't really like what he does, or whatever it is. There were not any of those. I'm not saying people are perfect. I'm right. just saying. You just don't care. There's just Like, not, you just want them with all yeah. their good and bad. Yeah. They're the one. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Well, I just knew because even so when he said that, to me, the very next day, I had my safe question through text. <laughs> and I said, because I'm thinking, he's going to want to be single a long time and all this, but I know he's the one. And so I text back and said, would you ever consider being married again? And he'd said, would you want to be my princess someday? And I, oh I don't mean to make that corny, but right. because I was the baseball princess for the right. team, it was always cute for us. Right. He said, would you want to be my, you know... Princess someday, and I said I'd love to, and that was it. <laughs> See, I'm getting goosebumps again hearing that story. <laughs> and I'm sure other women are as well. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. I dated plenty of frogs. See, I was on yes. dating sites and things for years, and believe me, I hated dating. Oh, my gosh. The wonderful thing about Eric is he already knew me. You know, he yeah. already knew me. Actually, I didn't have to go and speak about my character and my, and just start all over again. Some people like that. That's exhausting to me. And right. the fact that he already knew me was comforting. And uh, he flew up from Dallas two weeks later and we we were already engaged. And what I was thinking was, hey, he's going to get off this plane. What if he walks this way or looks this way? I hadn't seen him in 22 years. Oh, so, okay, <laughs> wait a minute. So all that that 10 days, two weeks that you mm -hmm. just talked about. You hadn't seen it. No. I know it sounds oh. crazy. Oh, oh my. Look that is <laughs> insane. Because you're right. Yeah. Because you have to have that physical connection. I Because it doesn't, I mean. I And actually, I'd only seen like two pictures of him because he really hadn't been on Facebook and I've got a million pictures. Yes. He had seen plenty of me. Right. And uh, yeah, I mean. I'll get him on some time to tell the story because he has the same background 
I've had with um, someone in addiction. And so when we met up, it just was like everything's so easy and life is so fun and so not full of burdens and things like that. I mean, it was just, it just worked. It feels crazy to me now. I mean, like, I can't believe that happened. But at the time, it didn't feel that way at all. I knew like I knew like I knew he was for me. And he felt the same way. And I'm grateful every single day for my husband. He is such a servant. Yes, and you always say, oh, God, she's spoiled right. We'll be on the phone. And you're like, oh, what's he doing she for you is, now? She is rotten to the core. <laughs> and I'm grateful you for deserve it. it. And I'm you grateful do. for it. You do. Yeah. Well, we feel like that about each other. So it's good. That Yeah, that's. I never get tired of hearing that story. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much for allowing me to come and be on your first episode (laughs) of your podcast. Um, I was blown away when you asked me. Really? I would not want to do anything else today other than this. Um, You have been a dear friend to me. One of the wisest individuals I've ever met. And you've changed my life for the better. So I appreciate it. Don't make me cry again. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> oh, that is awesome. And, you know, that is what I hope to do with this podcast is to, you know, share with people. You know, my story is not not to brag. It's not a bragging story. It's a story to brag on, not me, but God. I feel like if you give your life to God and turn your problems over to him, he will bring you blessings that you can't even imagine. And that's what I really hope to share with everyone listening, whether it's, you know, sometimes I'll have just my own stories, my own subjects that I feel like God's whispered to me to share. And sometimes it'll be, you know, other great people that I know that have a story to share as well. So, well, Robin, thank you for being on the show today. Thank you for guiding me and leading me through my story. And uh, thanks to everyone else for listening. And I'm so grateful for everyone just giving me this opportunity to share these stories with everyone so please subscribe to the podcast write a good review if you like and share with your friends on social media we'll see you next time on amazing grace talk